COVID. 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 That's all we have heard for the last year and a half, and it's what we continue to hear every single day. The pandemic has reshaped the world and irreversibly changed the lives of each of us. This year, classes are back in person. Things are finally transitioning back to what we used to deem as normal, or to some sort of new normal. The pandemic is not over yet, and we're all still trying to understand what this all means. However, for all that we have heard and read about these changes, we still need to rethink our narrative and reflect more deeply about our days and nights, losses and gains, tears and smiles during these times. These reflections take time and require careful sifting through our memories, thoughts, and emotions, alongside study of data and expert analysis. We think, and we hope you will too. That analyzing the stories we are telling about the pandemic is important. Understanding the ways in which different leaders and experts are trying to persuade us to think and behave differently about or because of the pandemic will help to prepare us to face the unpredictable future ahead of us. So, welcome to the Voices Through the Mask podcast, a production by students at Emory University and David Morgan's New Media Writing Class. We may need to speak through our mask to create this podcast, but we think we've got useful things to say about where we've been and where we are headed. Public health as a field has definitely been brought into light or much more magnified by the pandemic. And at the root of this field, public health graduate programs have seen many changes as well, such as a significant increase in applications. According to the Association of Schools and Programs of Public Health, in the last year alone, public health schools have seen an average of 23% increase in applications, with the numbers continuously rising. But aside from this increase in applicants, what are some other differences? Could the pandemic have played a role in students' applications and their career perspectives? On the flip side, have grad schools changed the way they advertise their programs? Welcome to another installment of Voices Through the Mask. This is specially brought to you by Stella Zhang, Lori Ye, and Crystal Wang, along with our two special guests, Dr. Yvonne Foisi, who is the executive director of admissions at the Emory Rollins School of Public Health. And Alejandro, who is a current public health student at Harvard Teach Chan School of Public Health. First, we have dear Miss Yvonne Foisi joining us from Emory Rollins. My name is Yvonne Foisi, and I'm the Executive Director of Admissions and Recruitment at the Rollins School of Public Health. So um, many students interact with me as they're learning a little bit about the Mountain School of Public Health, and uh, they certainly reach out to ask questions about the application for admission process as well as the funding process. Have you seen like an upsurge of applications since the onset of the pandemic? We certainly have. I think that.、Um, Or I I know that the increased focus on public health and the general public becoming more familiar with the importance of public health and public health infrastructure has really、um, given us an opportunity to showcase public health as a career. 
And we're seeing a lot more students that are identifying public health as a great alternative to studying medicine or some kind of um, clinical care or related field. Whereas we found that um, most students would discover public health a little bit later in their academic tenure, or perhaps even as um, young professionals or professionals just starting out we now see that more students are identifying public health as a potential for them and understand and know that this is a vast um, career opportunity for students and, um, and quite interdisciplinary. So we've definitely seen an increase in interest. Yeah, um, I think this really speaks to me personally because I think in high school I was like, very pre-med but then after I came to college and like I guess plus the pandemic um, happened um, I'm like completely just public health now and like not on the pre-med track so yeah. Um, yeah absolutely we see a lot of students that have you know a very similar experience I like to joke that um, nobody knew what an epidemiologist was before, <laughs> um, but now everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like um, before when I tell like friends and family that I want to study like public health, um, they a lot of them weren't exactly sure what the field does. Um, and now I can just say like, um, I'm going to deal with things like COVID. What are some of your like general reactions to this um, increase in application and interest in like um, public health as a career? Um, would you say it's like hopeful or is it like a little too late? Or what are some of your reactions? Sure. I think that it is really helpful and meaningful to the field of public health. One of the things that we've seen with the COVID pandemic in particular. Um, but in general in public health is the health disparities that exist where many communities are um, adversely impacted in a disproportionate way. And many of those communities include underserved communities, communities that have struggled financially, certainly communities of color. And so what we're seeing um, as we see an increase in the number of applicants is also that we see diverse applicants interested in this field. And we know and understand that it is very important that public health practitioners understand the communities that they are serving. And so having public health practitioners who have this kind of cultural understanding or experience, perhaps by way of their own lived experiences is something that's really important. We also know that um, sadly, this isn't the first pandemic and it won't be the last. And so the importance of building public health infrastructure, I think is front and center right now. Um, there's the realization um, through our own lived experience that uh, public health or a public health emergency can literally ground the economy to a halt. And so we need to make sure that when and if the next pandemic um, comes about that we have an infrastructure that can um, readily mobilize and hopefully that we can see less illness and, and less death because we have an infrastructure in place to um, be able to mitigate the negative results. Thank you. Um, and now we're going to pause a little bit 
and hear from a current student to see if the pandemic has impacted his decision in applying for a master's of public health in any way. My name is Alejandro Arzu. Um, I was born and raised in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Uh, I attended Emory as a double major in biology and human health, and I'm now at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, completing a Master of Science in Global Health and Population. Um, and my goals for the future are to apply to MD PhD programs uh, with a PhD focus in either health system strengthening or um, some field in public health or nutrition, most likely. The pandemic, uh, of course, it impacted my decision, uh, especially in a program like global health. Um, I think it became a really relevant topic that I was really interested in learning more about at Harvard. Um, I'm sure that due to the pandemic, it was going to be like a huge part of the discussion I had in classes, and it definitely has been the case. So. Um, for sure, I was excited to apply to public health programs, um, especially as the pandemic was um, happening, because I wanted to understand the pandemic um, more more clearly. And I think as part of the School of Public Health, through my epidemiology, biostatistics, and a bunch of other classes, I've been able to to apply those to some COVID situations, and it's been really interesting to learn it, learn about COVID through that way. Kind of thinking along the lines of public health as a career. Um, can you think of any positives that COVID may have brought to your um, future career in public health? I unfortunately can't think of anything that became better in my career because of COVID. Um, I guess the only thing I can think of is that it created much more demand for people who are versed in public health. Um, so I know that after I graduate, I know that there will be demand for people with my degree. Okay, um, what about some potential negatives? Of course, I can enumerate several several ways that it became worse due to COVID. Um, first of all, I was going to apply, maybe this is irrelevant to that question actually because I'm a, uh, you're asking about public health, but um, as an international student, applying to medical school is very hard because I was stuck in my home country for for the better part of the pandemic's first few months. And uh, I wasn't able to take the MCAT, so my whole application was delayed. Um, and in terms of like my public health career specifically, uh, I thankfully am taking in-person in classes, but there's a lot of things that are limited in terms of like large events and, and stuff that normally you would have access to here at Harvard Chan. Um, you, you would have like large expos and careers, and there has been some events, but there there's, like the scale has been really dumped, um, like brought down. So I, I think in terms of opportunities, it's been harder because you can't really kind of, you can't really spend too much time with a lot of people that you want to. Like you, you it's really hard to connect with a lot of people when there's so many restrictions due to COVID. Um, so it's been hard to kind of, um, I don't know, at least like go have a coffee with, with a professor that uh, you're really interested in his work or something. and. And because of COVID, it's more it's more limited, or they're they're less open to going to, to stuff like that. So it's been harder in that sense in terms of networking. This might not be like a challenge per se to to my career or like my progress in getting my degree, but um, what I think COVID has done is really exposed a lot of fat failabilities in in healthcare systems all over the world, but also in the way we think about 
um, public health in general and, and having like a social conscious of being aware of, of how your actions affect people around you. You know, I feel like it's exposed so many things that are that are wrong with society in different ways, of course, in terms of the context and what, in what context you're focusing on. But I feel like the, the, the common denominator is that we've learned a lot about our society and it's introduced a lot of new obstacles that public health professionals are going to have to overcome if we ever truly want to get to solving the, like, for example, in terms of the SDGs, like if everyone expect to reach the SDG targets by 2030, COVID has set that agenda so far back because I feel like public health professionals have realized how much um, structurally and like in terms of infrastructure, like how much needs to be worked on um, from the bottom up to in order, in order to reach those targets. So I feel like it's just, it's not negative necessarily like a negative in getting my career, but it's definitely daunting to think of how much how much work there is. Uh, I guess it means, again, that there's going to be a lot of demand for people in our fields, but at the same time, it's it's daunting that we're coming into this with so much that needs to be revamped and, and rethought of in order for us to proceed and actually make progress in health and development. That's very interesting. Um, and kind of shifting back from uh, your career to your application itself, um, do you remember if you mentioned COVID-19 at all in your application? I actually did not mention COVID-19 at all in my in my application. Um, I think the only way I may have mentioned it, it was because um, I was talking about how due to the pandemic, I wasn't able to apply to medical school as early as I wanted to. Um, and that's why in this, I, I was kind of taking the time to apply to schools of public health. Um, to kind of put into context when I was talking about my path to MD PhDs in in my applications, um, but yeah, my my actual like essay and like written stuff that I submitted um, did not talk about COVID at all. I focused much more on my experience in Guatemala. Okay, um, thanks, Ali, for sharing. Let's go back to Miss Voicey. I'm not sure if you directly review the applications, but were there like a lot of personal statements and like materials that were uh, related to the pandemic? Oh, that's a great question. So I typically don't review applications for admission. The applications are um, typically, or I should say the admissions decisions rest within the academic department that students are applying for. But as part of the admissions process, I actually do review and look at applications for admission. Um, there were a number of personal statements that did share information about COVID-19. And then students apply to the Rollins School of Public Health through the SOFIS centralized application system. It's kind of like the common app for undergraduate students, but for schools and programs of public health. And what we saw was that SOFIS added an optional statement where students can talk about some of the challenges that they've experienced by way of COVID-19. And those statements were particularly poignant in you know, describing personal experiences of their families and also describing how the disease impacted their learning experiences in college, their lived experiences. Um, sadly, many students experienced loss. And we also had a number of students that talked about the disruption to their mental health and to their own learning at their, you know, undergraduate campuses. And so, 
we saw many examples of the wide-ranging impact of, of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it was, I thought, really well-timed and important for us to know how the pandemic impacted the learning and success of our students as they applied to Rollins. So I was really, um, I was happy to see that this, so this application added that. Yeah, I think the pandemic definitely impacted pretty much everyone in like so many ways. And that's part of the reason why we're making this podcast is to kind of like explore how the pandemic just like reshaped everything. And um, I think you mentioned mental health earlier and our last episode was actually just about how the pandemic impacted the mental health of athletes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I do think that in some ways, just even having that as part of our consciousness, I'm hoping that it will have a positive impact and realizing that mental health is also public health and that's something that needs to be addressed as well or continue to be addressed. And I guess my last question regarding like applications, was there something about applications that like particularly surprised you? What was something that uh, you found most surprising? I think that I was sort of delighted to see that so many students have a real vested interest in making a difference in their communities. And so to me, that was sort of surprising at a time when it seemed like we were all inwardly focused, I guess, because the pandemic had so many, you know, wide ranging effects on everybody. It was nice to see so many students write about how they really wanted to make this world a better place and how they really wanted to serve their communities. And I think that the attention that this pandemic brought to public health provided a different avenue for students to accomplish that. Whereas before students had sort of very prescribed way of thinking about the ways and the careers that are available to help them serve their communities. And so public health seems to have provided a really great alternative consideration for those students. And I was just really hopeful <laughs> about this next generation as I you know, read so many personal statements about making an impact and about um, coming together as a community. And of course, the pandemic also overlapped and, and in some ways even surfaced the continued racial unrest and injustice that has gone on in this country. And um, many students also wrote about public, public health and its connection to racial justice. And it was really nice to see students make that connection as well. So I feel very hopeful in a lot of ways. Those were definitely some of the reasons why I decided to pursue this path as well. Thank you to Ale and Ms. Foisy. Now that we have learned more about applications, which is the way that students communicate to grad schools, we're going to transition a little bit and talk about how the way grad schools communicate to students through their marketing strategies have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. So thinking like back to prior to the pandemic, what were the main marketing strategies that were implemented? 
Sure. So before the pandemic, we really focused a lot of our marketing and recruitment strategies around sort of starting the year with building awareness of what public health is. <laughs> and so a lot of our information sessions would provide students with a sort of an understanding of the field of public health. And so even in looking at um, some of the slide decks and presentations that I've updated this year, we used to have a slide that would literally define what public health is. And so now we, we really don't need to define that for students. Most students have a pretty good idea and accurate understanding of what public health is. And so the recruitment strategies of the past of like sort of, you know, having, for example, pre-med students consider you know, public health as a possible viable option. Um, those aren't really needed anymore. We're, we're front and center. And I think everybody knows who the CDC is and, and what they do. And so our recruitment plan now looks different. Also in the past, we used virtual events as a way to complement some of our other marketing and recruiting strategies. So we were just beginning actually to increase our efforts in this area because we are a national program and because it's a convenient way to reach large audiences. With the pandemic, of course, we had to really change that strategy. And finally, before the pandemic, we had a pretty aggressive in-person recruitment schedule where we would be in certain cities and, and meet with students in person and host receptions and attend fairs. And of course, that is also different now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting. So there were a lot of in-person like info sessions and tours before the pandemic, right? Yes, absolutely. So we traveled out and then we also hosted events on campus. Thank you for bringing that up. We would do, for example, the large destination public health event right here um, at the Rollins School of Public Health. And we would also do Visit Emory. I mean, these events would have, you know, three to 400 people on campus. And we also hosted smaller information sessions monthly, again, all on campus. And we would travel to many key cities as well. Yeah, since the pandemic, a lot of info sessions, after they became online, do you think of more people showed up to these info sessions? Oh my goodness, yes. We, um, <laughs> we can document quite a substantial increase in the number of students that we've been able to reach. So in some cases, as much as a 50% increase in the students that we've been able to connect with virtually. And I think that in many ways, um, as we were beginning to look at our marketing and recruitment strategies, and think about who our audience is, particularly with students coming directly from undergraduate institutions. And that makes up about 60% of students that come to Rollins. One of the things that we noticed is that students actually feel quite comfortable communicating um, digitally and communicating with mediums like Zoom and, and FaceTime. This way of reaching students does not feel strange or inauthentic or shortchanging students to our audience. Um, we may feel differently about it because some of us are a little bit older and didn't kind of grow up in a digital age, 
but it actually feels really comfortable to students. And so I think that our recruitment strategies and approaches and our marketing strategies will forever be changed because of the pandemic, but also because of an evolving demographic of students that feel as comfortable in person as they do digitally. They don't really separate that experience in the way that we do. So, um, for example, I have a 14-year-old daughter and she regularly will like FaceTime or chat her friends for study group. And I find that really odd, you know, and I'm like, okay, your friend lives down the street. Why don't you just have her come over? And she was like, because it's the same thing. And so I think that increasingly our students feel that way. And so it's important that we meet students where they are. And the pandemic also made it so that we actually had to practice public health virtually. And so that's something that was a learning curve and I think will also be, you know, in some ways incorporate into how we reach communities and, and how we practice public health. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. I've been to, I think, one or two Rollins like online info sessions, and it was great because everyone can use the chat function. So I was able to see like what questions other people had. Maybe I haven't thought of. In some ways, I feel like online info sessions could be helpful. Yes, absolutely. I do think that students like at some point to see campus. And that's usually something that we see students requesting later in their exploration. So usually about the spring when they're ready to make a decision on the school that they will attend. Yeah, I feel like even though I've been to like one or two online info sessions, I'm actually going to the in-person session tomorrow at Rollins. So I'm really excited about that. Yay, that's awesome. I'm glad you're coming. That's actually a new one. Um, that we added to the mix this year because we we received so many applicants from Emory and um, I thought we should really do something special for our, our own Emory community. So I'll actually be at that one. So I will see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be there. Great. Um, Okay, so to close it off, we wanted to ask both Ale and Ms. Foisy about future outlooks and goals. So for Ale, what are your future career goals? Did the pandemic create any new career options? So my future career goals have not changed. I'm still going to apply to MD-PhDs. I'm, I was planning on applying right now in May, but I'm considering taking some time to work in Guatemala, um, develop my my own nonprofit that I opened recently um, to get it more established. Um, but I definitely still have the MDPhD programs in my in my in my vision for the near future. Um, but uh, the pandemic, if anything, reinforced uh, my interest in health system strengthening and how um, horizontal programs really improve health at all levels and and how they're it's like a horizontal approach in, in general is much needed in developing countries if we ever want to hope to overcome major inequities but also just major gaps in in the healthcare available so um yeah i think covid really exposed as i said exposed a lot of things that are wrong and and made inequities worse so i think it's it's if anything it, it really kind of set me on this path to do health system strengthening as a degree it, at Harvard at the medical school there's a 
there's a program for health system strengthening, which I'm really interested in. So I'm really considering that more strongly due to COVID. Um, but overall, I'm very much still interested in nutrition or in um, global health in general. Thank you, Ali, for sharing your experience. Um, back to Ms. Foisy. In general, like, are there any goals you have in mind, either around grad school, education, or like admissions? That's a really great question. So one of the exciting things that's happening at the Rowland School of Public Health is that we are opening a third building and it will be open um, this spring or this month around that time frame and so we are really excited to be able to continue to provide really interactive and great learning spaces for our students and so I'm really excited to continue the work of growing the next generation of public health practitioners and you know, as I mentioned earlier, we want to continue to make sure that these students and, and future public health leaders really reflect the communities that we serve. And so we're looking forward to ensuring that we have a diverse cohort of students that are coming in and ready to learn and ready to serve and really ready to you know use their, their skills and their talents and their knowledge to you know, make a difference in our communities. So I'm really excited to continue the work of just, you know, building this next generation of, of public health practitioners. And it's really my goal to also increase awareness of public health as a career option at the community college level, because many of these students transition and go on to graduate from, you know, four-year institutions. And this is, uh, I think, a great area of growth and opportunity for the Rowland School of Public Health to be able to have that as a part of our overall recruitment strategy. That's wonderful. That's um, all the questions I had. Thank you so much for your time and for meeting with me. Yeah, you're most welcome. It was a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you, Stella. I'm really interested in your project and to be able to listen to the, to the final results. We want to give a very special thanks to Ms. Yvonne Foisy and Alejandro for joining us today on this episode of Voices Through the Mask. And thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode and the entire series of Voices Through the Mask.